Today, we are interviewing Tom Krieger um, as part of our series where we are learning a little bit about the Tom J. Krieger team. Welcome back to the Nitty Gritty of Real Estate podcast. Um, I am here with Tom J. Krieger, and we're going to be talking to him today a little bit about uh, his background in real estate, why he d- chose to start a team, and what um, is kind of like the projection and the goal and the outcome that he's wanting to have in the future for the TJK team. Great. Uh, welcome. Hi. Awesome. So we're going to start out with this. So. I know that you have been in this industry for 40 plus years. What got you into real estate? Why real estate? And what have you experienced in your real estate career? Well, we're going to try and do the Reader's Digest version of this because I could talk for about three and a half hours on this. Okay. Okay. So originally, my entire family is in the building trades. Okay. Carpenters, plumbers, electricians, operating engineers, steam fitters. Uh, That's where I went. I didn't go to college. Um, I went and decided to get a trade to be able to have something I could fall back on, an education, if you will, without paying the high cost of college. Because quite honestly, I came from a very humble family. We didn't have a lot of money. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I served an apprenticeship as a steam fitter, went to work for a company called A.O. Smith. I worked as a steam fitter there. Um, My brother and I went to see somebody called Charles Gibbons. And Charles Gibbons was a gentleman who started to teach people how to buy real estate with literally no money down, how to use OPM, other people's money. So we started that back in the 80s. My brother and I started a company called Select Properties Incorporated. We bought about 63 single family homes, rehabbed wow. every one of them, and held on to them for a series of years. It was very interesting, though. During this time, we noticed that the really good properties never made it to the market and the real estate agents were buying them. So I said to my brother, hey, look, and I'm going to go get license so I can get in on these great deals. Now, mind you, we were buying properties back then for thirty and $40,000, not three hundred dollars and $400,000, right? Well, I mean, back in the day, the thirty and forty dollars is what three hundred and four hundred dollars is nowadays. Yes, yes. So um, I started doing that. And then I joined a company called Better Homes and Gardens. It was a realty company. But the only reason I joined it was so I could find properties and uh, buy them. Then a friend of mine says, hey, you need to go to Chicago with me. We're going to go to a seminar. And I says, okay, why? And I remember I'm in Milwaukee at this time. Mm-hmm. I says, well, why? He says, well, there's this guy who's going to teach us how to get properties. And I'm like, okay, fine. I'll go to, I'll go to Chicago. I have a you know, good time, get a couple beers in that, right? So I run into a gentleman named Mike Ferry. <laughs> <clears throat> and Mike was an incredible speaker. He became, as most people in real estate who have any seasonality in real estate, as one of the leading real estate coaches in our industry. Mm -hmm. Now, his son, Tom, has taken over the number one spot. But after I went to the seminar, I was so jazzed on how I could sell real estate, not swing a hammer, and make the kind of money that we were making and buying and holding on to properties. Fast forward that two years, and I start a team back in the early 90s where there were no teams. I had conversations with the real estate commissioner on a regular basis about doing this and doing that and had the discussion, well, 
is this, where does it say I can't do it? Well, it's not that you can't do it. It's just that we have never done it that way. That doesn't mean it can't be done. Mm-hmm. Right? So had those growing pains. There wasn't enough education and training in the 90s to really build a solid team. What we ended up building were adult daycare centers for real estate agents. <laughs> well, I mean, it hasn't changed much. Not a lot, really. <laughs> not a lot, Heather. It has not changed a lot. So there, there was the time where I disbanded the team because there just wasn't enough education to grow as a business. So I was a single agent for a while until I moved to Arizona. And then I started to work with um, my wife at the time. Mm-hmm. And because we had gotten married in 2004 when I moved to Arizona and we started running a business, uh, just her and I. Mm -hmm. And then we hired uh, a transaction coordinator. By this time, more and more um, training was out there to build a team and how to build a team. Okay. So fast forward, my wife decides to retire in 2013 and I decide, okay, well, I'm going to right off in the sunset, maybe work two or three more years and then retire and, you know, have Mm -hmm. fun. Well, along comes my son-in-law who decides that he (laughs) wants to get into the real estate and he'd never been in real estate. So I I shared with him, I says, okay, Matt, you need to go see a friend of mine, Tom Ferry, and Mm -hmm. understand about real estate. Well, that led into him joining my team, hiring my daughter, hiring you, (laughs) Hiring Joe, hiring Jill, (laughs) and on and on it went. So the team started to grow. Now, the one great thing about our team is I made all the bad mistakes in the 90s. So I knew what not to do now. Yeah. So So you don't grow too fast. Not too fast, but with the right mindset. See, Mm -hmm. that's the thing. A lot of teams out there, and there are great teams out there. And there are what we call the puppy mill teams that have lots and lots of agents that run in and out of the companies, in and out of companies. I don't like turnover. I don't like agent turnover. I hate Mm -hmm. it. I want my team to be more like a family. It's very important for me to make sure that every agent on my team makes money and hits their goals so they can have a comfortable lifestyle. It's very important for me, for everybody on my team to buy and hold on to real estate because I'm not going to live forever. But when I pass away, I want to make sure that the people that came and worked with me and my team are set. That's very important to me. So being a team is a family. It's almost like I want to take the term team and throw it in a waste paper basket and use the term family. This is a real estate family. Absolutely. So that's that's, that's the, the down and dirty. That's the, the Reader's Digest version. Yeah. So we're going to rewind a little bit. Okay. Because there is a spot in there that you gapped between 2004 yep. and 2013. Give us a little bit of the lowdown, some down and dirty, maybe some horror stories of what you experienced during the crash of the market, 07, 08, 09, and then the rebuild from there. When people talk about horror stories, you have to put it in context. A horror story is when something drastically changes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So give you an example. If I was living in some of the African countries where warlords are a dime a dozen, watching people in my village get slaughtered isn't have an impact on me. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I was in rural America, 
and watching my farmer neighbors get slaughtered, that would have a way larger impact. Absolutely. So let's talk about horror stories. 2004, I sold my business in Wisconsin, moved to Arizona, started working with my wife. Mm -hmm. Things were good. Real estate market was good. 2004, 2005, 2006, more and more homes. Property values are going up. People are investing. Rising values, rising wealth for the people. Mm -hmm. 2007, there were signs that things aren't going so well, right? Mm -hmm. Next thing you know, we have the crash. Mm -hmm. And the crash basically started when the industry got too big for its britches. They were creating lending products that could not sustain the growth of the real estate market. People were buying houses at and getting loans at more than 100% of the value of the property. They were going to the closing with no money and getting cash at the closing. Oh, wow. Now, who buys something and gets paid to buy it? Hey, everyone. We want to interrupt this episode to let you know that we are a Keller Williams Southern Arizona franchise. We are also realtors practicing equal housing. Now, let's get you back to the podcast. So these loan products were created... And that's what started the entire collapse, the refinancing of adjustable rate mortgages, because the carpenter that came into the industry and the real estate agent and the title company and the lender said, no problem. Breathe on this mirror. You got a pulse. We will give you a loan. A year later, Everybody starts getting those arms refinanced that had purchased before this person. They can't make the payments. They weren't into it with any money. They walked up to the bank. They handed the keys to the bank and says, thank you very much. I can't afford to make the payments. We're going to go rent a house down on 26th Street. Bank gets this property back. Next thing you know, the next day, two more people come in. The next day, six more people come in. Mm -hmm. The next day, 100 more people come in. All of a sudden, we have so much inventory on the market that we can't sell it. There's no buyers out there looking to buy. Commercial trades um, started to be affected by this because the builders were not building houses. Mm -hmm. So they were laying off people. And people get laid off. They don't have the wage. They don't have the income, right? They can't buy. They can't pay their mortgage payment. So it keeps going down and down and down. It was horrible, Heather. Mm -hmm. It was at the point where you could, if in order to sell a house, you had to tell somebody, I'm sorry, I know you paid $475,000 for this house, but it's only worth $235,000. Yeah. That was horrible mm -hmm. because everybody had assumed real estate prices would constantly rise. And in order to fill the need of the lenders, the real estate agents, the title companies, and the appraisers, we created these products that quite honestly were unethical. Absolutely. So I don't like to talk about that time because I believe everybody's got dirt on their hands. Absolutely. You know, real estate agents were telling people, don't worry, real estate never goes down. Lenders were saying, don't worry, you can refinance. You're going to make more money, blah, blah, blah. Appraisers were going, well, of course it's worth this much because these people paid this much for it. Title companies were saying, yeah, no problem. We can we can close this deal, knowing full well that these the, people were overextended. 
The, the bottom has to fall out somewhere. Yes. yes. So that's uh, my story for 2008. Well, you survived. Yeah, you know, it was funny because we, we talk about it now and we we laugh because of all the time you had to put in to get one deal closed, I would have made more money per hour if I would have had this, if I would have got this script down. Would you like to upsize those French fries with your McDonald's meal? Okay, so we're through the hard time. We're back to flowing in a semi-normal market. 2016, 2017, 2018. Yeah, yeah, about 2014 is when it actually started mm -hmm. to change. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you're choosing to build a team because you want to build a real estate family. Yes. People you can work with and feel like they're just as much family as those you go home to. Well, it was funny because as I said before, <laughs> you there were was going me, home to my son-in-law, <laughs> and my daughter. So you were the first outsider. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I believe you're right. Me and Joe were both the first outsiders coming in. Um, and and in, in other than doing that, bringing in an outsider, why? Why create a team? What is it about a team versus just working with your family was such a draw for you? Was it building wealth, generational wealth for others, teaching others, giving back? What were the pieces specifically that you give to your team that most other teams may or may not provide? Okay, there's like three questions in there. I'll, I'll try and answer them all, Heather. Okay. okay. Number one, why did I bring somebody else in is because I couldn't handle all the work. We were, we were producing a lot of transactions, okay? Mm -hmm. And we wanted to grow systems. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to make the process more comfortable, not only for the clients, but also for the agents, right? Mm -hmm. We wanted accountability. We wanted to make sure that the clients could follow along the transaction so they weren't left out. We wanted to make sure that the clients felt like they were somebody, not some number. Awesome. So in order to do that, we needed more help. And then, so you you talk about needing more help and building the systems and building the models. So it's very educational based. Yes. So, and and I do know there are teams that do very much heavy education, heavy coaching, heavy training, heavy all that stuff. Then you talked about puppy mills or multiple agent teams that it's just about the number of the amount of people on the team bringing the number amount of transactions just so that they can get the numbers up. They're transactional versus relationship-based. Correct. There is a large amount of teams nationwide that are like that, and that's okay. Yeah. It's okay if that's how they want to run their business. I'm choosing not to run my business that way. I want to run my business and my team so that I can always count on somebody wanting to help me or help the other people on our team and not think it's just about them. You talked about you not wanting to be in real estate forever. Your team is your everlasting legacy. Well, yeah. I. I so that is interesting. I want the idea to live on. Yeah. It's not just about your name because it's no. not your name because we just rebranded. In January, yes. we rebranded re um, because we read a book called Giftology. Yes. Great book, by the way. And in, in that book, it specifically stated, it's not about you. It's about what you're able to provide or give or create. And so, and so in doing that, we realized that 
taking your name out of it meant that the legacy of your team, what you've educated, what you've trained on, the generational wealth that you're teaching us will grow along with your team, even when you're not running it, or as Gary Keller calls it, creating that seventh level team where you're in that seventh level where you're not in the day-to-day. Right. You're coaching, you're educating, you're growing the team without physically having to show up every single day. It's no longer a job. It's something you can do in your retirement. Exactly. And to sit back and watch the members on the team grow like a family, like, you know, so I'm a father of four kids. We all know that, um, Fathers and mothers love their children and they want to see them grow. Well, this is a family to me and you guys are kind of like my kids. And when you succeed, it's it's just so rewarding to me. It, it's not really about the dollars for me. It may be more about the dollars for you for me. Mm-hmm. In other words, you can make the money. We talked to Jill earlier about her, you know, having her first investment property, her buying into a syndication, her now talking about joint ventures and investing. We're talking about with Daniel about how Daniel didn't see and didn't understand because of where he grew up and where he came from, how money can be, how money can work for you, how you can take the numbers and make the money work for you and for your kids and they can have a comfortable life. I was always told that a poor person has to make a tough decision, just like a rich person has to make a tough decision. The poor person has to figure, am I going to buy hamburger or am I buying chicken? Mm-hmm. The rich person goes, do I want to buy the Bentley or do I want to buy the Ferrari? There's still tough decisions to make for that person in that spot. I would rather you have the hard decision of, do I want to go to Mykonos for vacation this year? Mm-hmm. Or would I rather go to Scandinavia? Yeah. Right. Those are the types of environments I would like to see everybody in our team mm-hmm. or hear something else. If, you, if you're if you not about gathering material things, mm-hmm. okay, am I, when I'm in church, can I put a hundred dollar bill in to the uh, collection plate or can I put 10 $100 bills into the collection plate? Mm-hmm. Whatever your, your desire is, yeah. when you have success, it makes life easier to make better decisions. Absolutely. And and the the last thing we're I'm going to cover here is knowing that all teams are created differently. There are multiple admin and agent alike people on our team who have been on other teams. Every team is created differently and yeah. every human is created differently. Absolutely. So you know that an agent is going to choose a team not by only the value that they're getting from the team, but also the people that you spend your time with. Because as we all know, we spend more time with the people we work with yeah. than we do with our families sometimes. And we have to like them just as much as we like our families. Yeah, You know, sometimes I think that we don't realize how much time we put into our business as real estate agents and how little time we put in with our family. When we were interviewing Jill, we were talking about that time. And what does the team give you? It gives you leverage to spend more time with your family and less time in the real estate business. Yeah. So for me, the more time you can spend with your family or doing things you like, and the less time you're in the business, but you're just as successful, that's a winning team. You have to like the people you work with. 
I kind of like to say I love the people I work with. I'm just very happy with our team. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. And this has been the Nitty Gritty of Real Estate podcast. See you next time. Thank you for listening and watching the Nitty Gritty of Real Estate podcast here with the Tom J. Krieger team of Keller Williams, Southern Arizona. If you are interested in buying a home, selling a home, or even investing in real estate, we have 5,000 agents across the country that we can connect you to. If you need any free resources, feel free to check out our website at www.thetjkteam.com. We hope you have a great day.